Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome Well, that was a lot to process, which is why we're here. Welcome to Game Over Calgary, everyone. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for joining me tonight, riding solo, um, as always, well, not as always, but as kind of usual. Um, so that was a wild one. Flames lose, uh, six to five, I believe the final score ends up being to the Colorado Avalanche, despite being up 5-3, um, following 40 minutes of play, despite kind of being outplayed by Colorado. In the end, I feel like the better team won this hockey game. I mean, like, the overall better team absolutely won this hockey game. But for the 60-minute sample size that we just got, I still feel like, of the two teams, the Flames were second best. We will discuss all of those things in uh, this particular contest, uh, along with, like, what Colorado did right, what the Flames did wrong, uh, what we can take away from this game, and a whole lot more. Um, as always, if you're in here, it means you like us, so give us a like, uh, subscribe to the channel, and all of those things. The chat is already a-bumpin'. Um, so, this is gonna be, I, I think this is gonna be a lot of fun, breaking this one down tonight, but just, what a wild day in sports, right? Like, you got that Leafs game that went nuts. Check out the, the game over recap of that once you're done watching this one here. Um, both football games in the NFL today were crazy. Fantasy football, um, if you do your leagues correctly, this was the last week of the regular season in fantasy football, and all of it's coming right down to the wire there. If you're a wrestling fan, CM Punk's talking again, a uh, promo battle with, with Seth Rollins, and then this game was just drunk the whole way. This game was just drunk. So let's get into it. Um, the Calgary Flames... It kind of feels like got Calgary flames this evening as they get... Uh, a, a pretty strong first 40 minutes, and then get absolutely caved in in the third period to lose this game 6-5. to five. And to me, I think this one shows... I mean, like, I don't think there was much debate coming into this game that the better team was Colorado. I don't know if anyone was coming into this one's like, well, now we'll finally be able to tell who's better, the Avalanche or the Flames. We, we had a pretty good idea coming into this one who was better, but... This really shows what the, the star players can do, right? And I don't know if the, the Flame Stars necessarily had a bad game. Like, I think Kadri was really good. Um, Huberto was okay, but nothing special. But this is what... Um this is what star players get you, right? This is what players of this ilk, of this level get you. Um, as that that third period, they're down by two. And McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen, Nachushkin, um, all of them just decided, hey, you know what's cool? We're not going to lose tonight. And we're just not going to let Calgary have the puck for the third period. Cool, 
Cool. That's basically what this game kind of came down to. It feels oversimplistic, but th this is absolutely one of those games where the Avalanche's best players were their best players. Like, the depth players stepped up, right? Like, Wood and O'Connor have that real good shift that leads to a Colton goal, and O'Connor was all around it tonight. Um, Colton was obviously a, a re relatively big factor in this as well, but, like, those guys stepped up in, in big-time ways for Colorado, but when chips were down, all of those other cliches, it was McKinnon, it was, um, it was Makar, it was Rantanen, it was Nachushkin, it was Taves. Those were the big boys who stepped up in a big time way for the Colorado Avalanche. And we just, from a flame standpoint, we just haven't seen it. And that is why they're not to get too big picture right away, but that's why there's so much call for a rebuild, right? Because the flames don't have guys who can do that, that thing that Colorado have in the third period. The Flames have guys who will do it every once in a while, although admittedly, we haven't seen it for a while. But the, the Flames don't have guys who can just take games over. They have players who can do some fun things, right? Like Zari's going to be good. Um, Coronado's probably going to be fine. Uh, Pospisil is what Pospisil is. Um, like, there's... They, they have pieces on this team that are going to be okay. Um... But they don't have, like, game breakers. And that's what Colorado had. And that's why so many Flames fans are calling for a rebuild. Because you tear it down. Hopefully you get one or two of them. Or in the Avalanche's case, like, 18 in the draft. And, hey, look at that. Now you're a team that has a, a pretty good shot of being a consistent winner. Because Calgary just doesn't have... What we saw from Colorado tonight, Calgary just doesn't have. You look at the differences in the power plays of not only Colorado, but just high-level teams in general. You look at the difference between their power play and Calgary tonight, six on five. I think the world of this player, Rasmus Anderson, holy bleeping bleep and bleep. And we're allowed to swear, but fuck, man. Like, if it's not in the perfect place for the one-timer, on the second try, figure something else out. Don't just all right, now I'll shoot. Oh, broken stick, it's going back the other way. That was so incredibly frustrating. That was just an aside. That's not the reason why they lost this game. But you watch Calgary with the man advantage, and okay, there's a pass, beat another pass. All right, now what's going on? All right, let's go this way. Oh, they've turned it over, it's back the other way. Colorado, it's quick pass, it's quick pass, it's quick, it's shot, here's another chance. And I think the thing that really sums up just the high level that Colorado was at is that uh, power play goal that they score. Um, I think it was the two, was it two to one or it was two to two? Either way, the, the power play goal that they score, right before it happens, there's a play, McKinnon goes across to Rantanen, who fires a one-timer. Vladar is basically waiting for it. Like, he reads the pass well, comes across, makes the save. They get it back uh, relatively quickly because holy shitballs were they good at that. Um, but they get it back relatively quickly and it's the exact same look. It's McKinnon across to Rantanen. Now Rantanen, excellent shooter. If you want to be just spam feeding that guy one-timers, 99% of power plays in the world would end up be doing that, would be doing that, right? Like that's basically been Washington's strategy for 20 years is just get Ovechkin the puck and let him hit the bejesus out of it. Same thing with, with Kucherov in Tampa Bay, right? Like just let him go in and just kaboomy and put the puck on net. But 
So you can understand, like, everything is shifting over as that pass is coming across. Okay, another Antonin one-timer. He chips it back to Makar, and Vladar, who's getting almost ready to, to make the save on Rantanen again, has to slide back across, and he's just a beat late, and it's a shot for for Makar, and it's in. That is high-level recognition of what the other team has done, high-level awareness of the situation that you are in, how teams are reacting to you, and then a high-level adjustment to put the puck in the net. With all due respect, the Calgary Flames have Zippo of any of that. It feels like, right? Like, that. there is a lot of still, a lot of, well, this is what they say we're supposed to do, so this is what I'm going to do, and oh, shit, they stole it and scored. Like, there's a bit too much of that, where there's a much more of a flow and a feel and a just high-levelness to what Colorado is doing that Calgary just does not have at this point. Like, that, this was such a clear indication to me of a talent gap between two teams. And yeah, the Flames only lost by one, and they had a two-goal lead after 40 minutes of play. But you could see as this game was going along the difference between good and great, and Colorado put that on display. And I thought that was just one example. Another one, like, kind of on that same thing. Um, you you see when... and. It's a bit different. It, it, this isn't an apples-to-apples apples comparison. But Huberto tries to throw a pass across the ice. It ends up get st uh, getting stolen, and it ends up drawing a penalty. Colorado could just back and forth the whole time. Now, that was... Calgary had one less player on the ice, but still... Pass lanes, my guys. Let's let's get some sticks there. Let's break those passes up. Because it was just anything they wanted across the crease or whatever was just there on those passes. And so it's, again, it's the high-level attention to detail stuff that Colorado does so well. That is the reason why they're celebrating today. And the Flames are heading to Vegas begged and with uh, zero points in their pocket coming out of this one. It's just... It's those little things that you can really see where the attention to detail and the skill level, admittedly, right? Like, you, you can have all the attention to detail you want. If it's me out there, it ain't going to do shit. Um, Colorado has the talent to be able to take advantage of that. And all of that awareness makes it a really, really dangerous combination. So I thought for Colorado tonight, this was this was quite the quite the thing for the, the avalanche there. Um, I do want, and this is this is going to be a strange one. Not often, when your team gives up six, do you, in what some would call the A block, uh, praise your goalie. But I thought Dan Vladar was quite good in this game tonight. And I feel like the Flames let him down. Um, and specifically, the, the, the Myers goal. Again, there was 11 goals tonight. I forget in which order they all came in. But Vladar makes four just, like, absolutely unbelievable stops that if you were playing NHL 24, at least... Half of you would have broken your TVs if that if you had all of those chances and it's just chance after chance after chance. Someone's rage quitting after that. And Vladar makes all of those stops and then Calgary just decides, hey, you know what? We're back to five on five. We don't need to cover the slot anymore. And it's boom. And it's a goal in the back of the net. It's like, guys, come on. There was so much puck watching in this game tonight. And that's... You just can't have that happen. Like, to have one goal happen because everyone's watching the puck, it happens. It's a mesmerizing thing. It's kind of the most important thing out on the ice when you think about what you need to win hockey games and stuff like that. So one would understand why you would want to, to focus on that thing, right? But it happened like three or four times tonight where the Flames got puck watching. A couple of times it went in, but there was one. Taves had basically 
a whole strip of ice wide open to himself, and the Makar pass just missed him. Calgary was so focused on the puck tonight and not really focused on what anything else was or anything else that was going on around them and it ended up costing them a number of chances and I think this one in part is showing us what life without Tanev is going to look like um Tanev is out 15 seconds into this game I um started this stream basically right away after the the game or at least for me um, I'm watching on the Sportsnet website so I'm a couple minutes delayed so apologies for that but uh for me this one was I, I haven't seen any of the post-game stuff, so I don't know what the diagnosis is on Tanev. Hopefully, he is all right. Um, but this is, like, we all have a pretty good understanding that he is not closing the season as a Calgary Flame, right? Like, we all, <laughs> unless something happened tonight, um, he, he's probably, he's not playing a full 82 or whatever is left for the Flames this season. This is kind of what it's going to be like without him. He is one of those guys who, again, I keep coming back to it for this game, but I really do think it, it kind of shows the difference between them. Um, <laughs> Conrad, I saw that joke in the, the chat. That was really good. Um, but you, you see, like, it, it's those attention to detail things that Tanev can bring. And he's not perfect, but I, I don't think a couple of those goals happen tonight if Tanev is out there because they they just, defensive zone coverage was back to the beginning of the season where it's just, oh, the, the, the slot, go for it. Yeah, wide open, why not? I mean, goalie's standing right there. He should be able to stop that, right? That That's basically what it felt like all night long. And th this is kind of what it's going to be like when you move on from him and probably Hannafin as well. It's not going to improve. So it, it's going to be pretty tricky for, uh, for the Flames going forward. And we all know, um... We all know that this is not going to be a a season to remember from a flame standpoint in terms of on ice productivity, but this was just a reminder like, oh yeah, that there's there's gonna be some ugliness defensively for this Calgary Flames squad. Uh the chat is going nuts tonight. You guys are great. Conrad, as always, is uh awesome in the chat. There's so much going on. So uh shout out to you guys. Shout out to Lyndon, who apparently got um uh linked this accidentally, but is here, so hello. Hey, while you're here, you may as well like the video, uh subscribe to the channel and all of those things. We are getting close to a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. That is a threshold we'd like to hit, and it allows us to do a whole lot more fun stuff with all of y'all. So uh, if you could do that, that would be super duper and give us a like as well. As I mentioned, the chat is going crazy. We will get to your guys' chats in the press or coming up in uh, the third segment. If I focus too much on it right now, I am going to, to lose track, but um, you guys are awesome and I love chatting with you guys. Now, there was positives tonight from this game. The Flames scored five times, so you fucking hope so, but I do think um, oh no, I appreciate you posting the, uh, the, the link in there. I, I, you know what? I need to be more active in the, um, in the discord, uh, there. That is definitely a blind spot for me. So I'm glad Conrad is, uh, picking up the slack for me in that sense. But, um, this was a night where the flames tried a few things and I think quite a few of them worked offensively. Again, defensively, you gave up six. So we're not throwing a ticker tape parade. But for the, the Flames, I think the, the shift in lines kind of got a desired outcome, right? Like, I think that top line, um, I, I consider every line Lindholm's on the top line, and he gets posted first because that's how they come out for the, the line rushes and stuff. Um, so I, I will call that a top line, even though in our heart of hearts, we all know the Kadri line is is probably the, the, the top one for this Calgary team, um, ATM. But 
for for Zari moving up there with Lindholm and Sharon Govich, I thought that line was quite good tonight. And I have not been overly impressed with Lindholm, but he he has done like some of those attention to detail things that I talk about. He does them um, quite a bit. Like they they highlighted it on the broadcast. A couple of good aggressive plays on the boards off of faceoffs led directly to scoring opportunities and scoring uh, goals, I guess. Um, and so like he he definitely does those things. You wish. He was a bit noticeable throughout the entirety of the game instead of just a bunch of little things. But those are the things that get you so intoxicated with the player and get you so excited about what he could potentially be on a really, really good team and why I do still think the value is going to be there in terms of, of free agency and in terms of trade return for the Calgary Flames. Um, but I, I think with Zari and Sharon Govich, Sharon Govich is really starting to hit his stride, man. Like he is, he is turning into the guy that the Flames wanted him to be. And the reason why he was kind of the centerpiece in the return for Tyler Toffoli. And I did not like his usage at the beginning of the season, centering the fourth line, but he has kind of taken that fourth line grinder mentality and brought it up to that top line now. And he's creating a number of opportunities. Zari gets a goal tonight with a fantastic hand eye. He continues like the, it, it feels like game in and game out. The ceiling is raising on what this kid could actually be. Um, which I mean, long-term isn't how you should be viewing prospects. And, oh man, he got a sweet goal against Colorado in December. Future top liner. Um, but still, it, it's nice to see what he is capable of. And I, I do think it feels like the, the like I said, the, the ceiling is rising. And I, I think that line kind of maximized their minutes tonight. And I was a little bit worried about splitting up Kadri and, and Zari. Um, they have taken Pospisil off of that line and it's it, it's ended up working out. Um, but then you put Manjapani there because the, the default has been Dubé with those guys. And um, I know I kind of went in on Dubé the, the last couple or the, the last game and the last couple of games Audi has done. He has um, just kind of ethered him. So we'll, we'll lay off some of the, the Dubé slander tonight. Didn't notice the dude. So that's basically what we can come down to with that one. But for um, for Manjapani out there with Kadri and um, and Pospisil. Um, I, I thought that group was really good. Like Kadri obviously had jumped tonight against his former team and he was great. Zari with a number of opportunities and Pospisil again had some life driving to the front of the net. And so I, I, I kind of, I kind of like this group. I, I, I do, I, I do like how they, they put all of this stuff to together right now. And, um, you would have liked to see more from Huberto, Backlund and, and Coleman, although Coleman was really good tonight. And then the fourth line just is what it is at this point. You, you'd maybe like to see a bit more stepping up from Ruzichka every now and then, but, um, to, to each their own, but we're, we're kind of back to focusing on Huberto again, right? Like there was a couple of plays in this game where it's a, like, he's just, he's forcing it again, right? Like it's a force pass to Kadri that hits like five skates and gets sent back out of the, the, the offensive zone, killing opportunity on the power play. And it's, um, a pass through the neutral zone that ends up getting stolen and ends up leading to a penalty that leads to a number of great opportunities and then a goal. We're back to, to focusing on this guy because a, a lot of the other problems have started to figure themselves out again, right? Like Huberto um, is kind of the, the next one on the checklist that needs to be figured out. Kadri, I think, is going again. Um, Lindholm could be better, but is going again. Manjapani, I, I'm not going to say, okay, everything's fine now, but it looked like he got going again. So now we get back to the thing on the checklist and that's Jonathan Huberto. So he... He needs to get this thing kind of turned on again. Because, um, like, we, we saw it in glimpses when he got first put with Backlund and Coleman, but we haven't really seen it since. Um, one more thing. Uh, just thinking about zone entries. There's 
so much talk about the, the Flames right now in the power play. And we've talked about it before on this particular program. It is, um, it's the entries, in my opinion, that, that this all basically comes down to. This team loses a faceoff, it gets sent down the ice, and then they don't do anything for a minute. And you look at, like, Colorado tonight, I was focusing specifically on this, because Colorado's power play was um, fucking dynamite would be the way I would describe it. Like, just absolutely dangerous right from the word go. And apparently it's been struggling at points this season. Um, not tonight. It looked really good. But the thing that struck me is the Flames would... Like, when, when they had their power play opportunities, it, it happened. Well, like, the, the Huberto one. It hits off a couple of skates, goes down. Uh, they try to get it set back up. Oh, it's turned over and it goes back the other way. And now, okay, 45 seconds left. Now they have a bit of a setup going on. And then the power play looks okay. The Flames would win the faceoff send it down, and it wasn't 12 seconds, and Colorado was in the zone, and it was all about speed with them, and it's not just the bump pack, they had to do the bump pack once, because McKinnon overskated the puck one of the, like, 55,000 times he did that tonight, I don't know if the ice was sticky or what was going on, but there was a couple of times where McKinnon looked like he was just gone and the puck was just like, ah, no, I'm just gonna take a breather here for a sec, and th that ended up slowing him up, not imperative to the game or anything like that just something I noticed but the 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 play that they did so well is McKinnon comes flying in and because he's Nathan GD McKinnon you have to back off him a little bit so he's able to basically get it into the zone quick passion to uh, Nikushkin on the wall who chips it right back to McKinnon and hey would you look at that they're set up they love having McKinnon up high in the zone anyway um because his shot is so good he sees the ice so well and if there's something down at the net it's like half a second and he's there because he's so quick. So they like him at the top of the zone anyway. And again, when you look at it from a Flames perspective, it's something they lost with Johnny Gaudreau. This has never been an elite speed team, like ever in the history of the Calgary Flames. Um, has this been an elite speed team? Even with Johnny, they weren't overly fast. He was fine, but they weren't a really fast team. But you always had Johnny who could kind of stick handle a thousand times and weave through traffic and then he gets into the zone. They don't have that guy. They also don't have the speed dude to, to come in. So they're kind of just hoping. They, they don't have that guy who can back you off at the line. And so I thought it was, again, I just, I think the world of this Colorado team, you guys have probably figured that out by now. I think the world of this Colorado team, and I think from a Flames standpoint, you should look at some of the things that they are doing. And I, I think from that, just the zone entry standpoint, having four guys standing at the line, waiting for one above average speeded NHL player to get to the blue line, that's just not going to cut it. Again, even Colorado had a tough time tonight when they had to do the bump back. That ended up not really working for the Avalanche. It was when they could kind of all, with momentum, get into the attacking zone, and then they're able to just like, bip, 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 and are set up one more time. Um, so that was that, that. was just something I, I noticed. But I do, before we, we get away from this, because like, Calgary played fine. They, they didn't play great. Uh, Colorado was better. But... I, I think that this is from a, um, uh, from a flame standpoint, there, there's a couple of positives to take. Like I said, I liked some of the juggling of the first line, I, or of the, the top lines, I guess. I love Hannafin setting up Sharon Govich on that goal. Anytime he's active in the offensive zone, I do a bit of a dance inside. And I, I thought tonight, it, one of the things I've kind of harped on, now again, it didn't matter because he went to six, but um, the Flames were much better in the neutral zone tonight. They they gave the Avalanche quite a few problems. You could see a number of turnovers in the neutral zone 
uh, led to some opportunities, led to some uh, power plays drawn as well from the Flames standpoint. So there's a few things that Calgary did well, but overall, they just weren't on Colorado's level. And that's probably something you're going to hear for a while with this Flames group moving forward. Uh, like I said, the chat is going crazy. Uh, looks like there's a debate going on in there right now. Um, you guys can sort some of that out yourselves. Uh, but while you're at it, like this video, uh, subscribe to the channel, share the video with your friends. Conrad's sharing it in uh, Discord channels, so uh, he's definitely stepping up. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, share the video so we can keep growing these things. Uh, love chatting Flames hockey with you guys. Even this Flames team, love chatting about it after every single game with you. If nothing else, we get to talk about how awesome the other teams looked um, in these games. So there's that. Uh, all right, it is now time for the presser. Send your questions in on the uh, the chat right now if you have anything you would like me to address or anything like that or just any questions about this game, um, you can absolutely let me know. Uh, Conrad saying like and share to put Dubé in the box, just like I was just about to say, just like Lucic last year. Um, that, that, that was kind of the, the target of it this year. I don't know, like, I don't think Dubé is actively hurting the Flames in the way that Milan Lucic was actively hurting um, the, the team last year. And also, there was um, the frustration that, like, you had some of these kids who are contributing now um, in the American Hockey League just sitting there waiting, and Lucic was playing. With, with Dubé, like, I understand, like, you could call Coronado up, and I along with the rest of you, did think it was strange that Coronado um, wasn't in the lineup in this game. Um, that was a bit surprising, but you're not going to put Coronado where Dubé is, right? And so I, I don't think Dubé is necessarily holding anyone back right now. Like you could, it, if you sat him, you could literally have Coronado in the NHL. And I suppose you then could go like Manjapani, Kadri and, and Coronado and put Pospisil on the fourth line. But I think Pospisil is doing well on, in a second, third line role right now. And Coronado in the American Hockey League is, is fine. So, um, well, yes, I am, um, very pro not having Dylan Dubé on the, the team. I don't know if it's to the point where you need to have him in the press box every night. Um, every once in a while, for sure. He doesn't need to be the break glass in case of emergency thing. Um, that it seems to be every time. And it's nice that he wasn't tonight, but it, it is, it is not at Lucic levels yet. Like the baseball has the Mendoza line. He's not, he has not crossed the, the Lucic line yet. For me, like absolutely, he could be in rotation of guys who does um, end up getting uh, press box popcorn, but I, I don't think it's a, a a desperate need by any stretch of the imagination. Um, <laughs> press conference, junior hockey question of the game: Canada West is now zero and two. Is the AJHL in the sewer? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I admittedly don't have a great working knowledge of all the other, you know, junior A's around. Uh, Canada or anywhere else, really. Um, but I, I don't think that this means the the AJ is in the sewer. Now, it's definitely a weird year in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Like, there's obviously Brooks is pretty good. Okotoks is pretty good. Um, a couple other teams that are in there as well. And then after that, there's a lot of eh in the AJ this year. So it's, it's one of those things, right? Like, there was that one year the WHL didn't have someone taken to, like, the fourth round, which is obviously hyperbole, but you know what I'm saying. And then the next year, they owned the top ten. That This is this is what happens in, in junior hockey. A lot of times, you have some 17 and 18-year-olds who are sweet, and sometimes you don't. It's just, it's one of those cycle things. So probably a longer answer than was required for an AJHL question on a game over Calgary, but the, the Flames lost again. So here we are. We're talking about it. May as well. Oh... Uh, 
this question may have been repeated to death, but do you think the Flames will be a wild card team? I don't. Um, I, I don't think that this team, like this team is a fringe wild card team now. And as we have discussed before, they won't be getting better. Um, they'll be different. They'll absolutely be different. And like, they, I think they will still, even with the moves that they make, I think they'll still hang around. Like they're not going to bottom out to a point of being down with Anaheim and, and even with this recent run San Jose or, or anything like that. Um, I think this team will be like solidly 11th in the Western conference, right? I, I think that's kind of where their destiny is. But I, I think a lot of the focus for the back part of the season is going to be focusing on whatever kids that they get in trades and whichever ones um, are with the team now, right? Like there's going to be a lot of focus on Pelche when he comes back. Um, there's going to be a lot of focus on um, Coronado when he eventually gets called up, when Lindholm eventually gets moved um, and Dubé goes to a first line center role. The, the, the focus is going to be more on that than will they or won't they make the playoffs. Now, it becomes just, you know, not necessarily peek behind the curtain, but it becomes a bit of an interesting conundrum for, for doing these types of shows because I think the goal here will still be to make the playoffs, right? And so I do think there does have to be a layer of analysis of this team is trying to be good and here's why they're not being good instead of just coming on here and say, ah, it doesn't fucking matter. They lost again anyway. Who cares? Like, um, I, I, so it's going to make for interesting shows. I think the, the back part of this season, um, with this group now, luckily I've been doing this for 11, 12 years now. We've had a lot of mid teams here in Calgary. So I've, I, I I've had to deal with a, this a time or a dozen. So, um, we'll be able to figure things out, but no, I, a long answer short, I would say, uh, no, this is not a playoff team for the upcoming season. Uh, Conrad, question two. With Tanev out, is Osterly the 6D, or uh, do we call up DeSimone, Kuznetsov, and Poirier? Um, it, last time I checked, Poirier was still hurt. Um, if he's not, then call him up yesterday. Um, and I guess depending on uh, the Tanev situation, which I should absolutely have checked on um, while I was kind of rambling at some point here, has there been an update on Tanev? Um, if someone wants to put that in the chat, that would help out, or I'll continue to stall while I look for it here. Uh, of course, it's not updating when I need it to. So, I, um, I would say, like, with Tanov eventually being sent out, um, like, Poirier would be number one option, right? Like, he is, he is kind of the apple of the eye of a lot of people who have watched the Wranglers whilst he was active this season. He would absolutely be the one. Um, I think it probably, if it were me, it would be DeSimone. Um, I, I think he's shown a little bit more upside, I guess, than, than what we've seen from Osterley. I liked Osterley in the preseason, but that's now like three months ago. Um, we just haven't seen it at the NHL level. So um, if I were to rank them, assuming health with Poirier, I would put Poirier um, one. I would see, uh, I would put DeSimone two, Osterly three, and Kuznetsov four. Just in the immediate, right? Like there's obviously an upside with Kuznetsov that probably isn't there with the DeSimone and with an Osterly, or at least there's a uh, unknown with Kuznetsov more than, than those other guys. So, but just for for the immediate, I would probably rank it in that order. Poirier, um, DeSimone, Osterly, 
and Kuznetsov. Uh, Normal5, I forgot to say your name before, um, but Normal5 has uh, messaged in, do you think the Flames will be good in time for the new arena? I... <laughs> Depends on one's definition of good, I suppose. I think that they're probably going to be what has made fans so frustrated now, but at least with a bit more upside. I think they're probably going to be like fringe top three in the Pacific and battling for that or a wild card spot, right? By by the time the, the new dome comes around in, what is it, three years from now? Um, I, I think at that point, you know what, you're like Zari, Coronado, and those guys are kind of the, the next... I, I shudder to say core, because I don't know if that's necessarily a core, but th those are kind of the next ones, and unless they've hit on something big in the next couple of drafts, um, I, I don't see this thing really taking off like a shot, um, so I I'll say they'll probably be good, not great, by the time the, the new arena comes around, and just, maybe that's because I'm just so used to this cycle of kind of perpetual mediocrity, but I think, I think they'll be in that, but with a touch more upside than maybe we are used to around this. Uh, I'm not going to fully answer that. I just will say I don't think Murray Edwards is going anywhere anytime soon, Conrad. Um, I do not believe uh, <laughs> that that... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Murray Edwards is going anywhere. Uh, keep the, uh, the questions coming in the presser here tonight. Um, as long as you guys keep asking them, I will keep trying to answer them. I, I saw a couple of things here earlier. Um... A lot of talk going on. Oh, I'm not touching that. Uh, 29 plus minutes for Rasmus tonight. I will say, I am a little bit worried about what tomorrow's game is going to look like. I'm pretty sure it's Audi on uh, on things tomorrow for, uh, for, for game over. Because I think Calgary kind of emptied the tank tonight, right? Like, that game was wild. All the defensemen played basically the entire game. Um, like, Tanev played 15 seconds. And uh, so everyone really had to step up ice time-wise tonight. However many people the Flames can call up and send down and pretend they now have the flu, um, the Flames should do that. I, I think they're going to need as many fresh bodies as, poss uh, <laughs> as possible. Um, kind of a Freudian slip because I was thinking, like, well, Coronado was in for possible. I would try to get Coronado into the lineup in this game. Just, again, some fresh legs. You mentioned Osterley and Simone. Yeah, both of them. Just, you, you go in there, play. Um, as Like, just as many fresh legs as you can get in the lineup. I think the Flames are going to need it because they got... They, they put a lot into this game tonight and then they got buried in that third period. So I think it's going to be a bit of a grind for them coming up. Uh, how impressive is Kale McCarr? Quite would be the answer to, to that question. And again, it's it's what we talked about at the beginning of the show. It's the little things he does, right? Obviously, like one of the best skating defensemen that the sport has ever seen and also fine in his own end. I, I think there is, I don't want to say a stigma because that's a bit harsh, but I, I think there is kind of a uh, lazy bit of analysis that can happen when someone is a good skater. It automatically defaults to, yeah, what can they do in their own end though? Because we're just used to fucking how Gill types being around. Well, those are the guys who can defend because they're not quick enough to move away from the front of the net. So we just assume that's defense. Um, but with, with Kale McCarr, like he's great everywhere. But again, it's the little things, right? Like it's his lateral movement on the blue line to get around a block and to be able to put a shot through on the power play. It's his back check that can break things up and turn two on one into a, oh shit, I have to just play the puck in deep. It's those kinds of things that make him so exceptional. And, you know, remarkably high level talent also helps with that. When do you expect the trades to start happening? I, 
I would think, like, I, I think most of them are going to happen around, like, beginning of February. I think that's probably when we're going to see a, a many of them. They only have a couple of weeks to, to make another move here. I wonder if one more happens before Christmas. I, I think that, that might be the case. Um, I, I think that you're going to have maybe a bit of desperation to get Tanov out before um, he blocks another shot with his face. Um, that was another thing tonight. Tanev goes down with an injury, blocking a shot 15 seconds in, and the entire team is like, oh man, you know who my hero was? Chris Russell. And are just diving in front of everything. Like, at some point, you sit everyone, because th there was one shift where Solovyov and Uyghur both blocked shots and were both, like, limping to the bench. I'm it, Going into the, I would call a timeout immediately and just be like, hey, boys, we got a goalie. Like, let, let him stop him. Understood, like, bravo on the effort. Excellent job. Really appreciate, you know, the heart and the the, 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 the the masculinity and whatever, all those other things that you're showing. Like, all the huh, huh, that you're showing blocking all these shots. Can you fucking not? Like, you guys are already playing 25 minutes tonight because Buddy took a puck off, or Buddy got running on the boards, like, 10 seconds into the game. So, can you guys just, like, let the goalie try to stop him? Alright? Just, he's been fine tonight. Let him be. Because all of these blocks are insane yeah it wasn't blocking a shot it was it was the boarding call sorry i'm i was on a roll there um it was huberto who looked like he was going to get hurt blocking shots tonight which is insane but at least he did something um but anyway weird side path aside i do think that this is going to be a team that makes a move and uh, makes at least one more move before christmas but then i think we really start to see the ball rolling uh, beginning to middle of February, and it won't stop until the horn sounds on the trade deadline. Uh, what if the team is in a wild card spot? Will ownership allow trades? Yes. Yeah. No. I. I don't. I don't think that. Like. I don't think they're going to trade. If they're in a, a playoff spot, I don't think they're trading like Markstrom or Vladar or anything like that. Um, not that I think a Markstrom trade is imminent anyway. But um, I, I think if it's an expiring contract, I think. Um, I, I think we see those guys move. Um, I, I don't think they're going to let happen what happened a couple years ago with Gaudreau and Kachuk. Um, I, I think you're going to see those contracts moved out. Now, if they're in a wild card spot and like firmly in a wild card spot, I do think those will be more hockey moves. Although I've always said that the Toffoli trade, I think is going to be more the blueprint for the trades that are left from the Flames. Um, oh, how does Dennis Gilbert Arozzi not drop the gloves with Colton? Yeah, that was a little bit surprising to me. Like you saw, um, Gilbert, I think it was Cogliano, gave him a shot at the side of the goal. Um, just like a kind of nothing whatever. And that drew a crowd. And Tanev gets just like shit whipped into the boards and there was nothing. So I, I thought that was a little bit like, hmm, whatever. And I guess like Hannafin did jump in there. Um, and he ends up taking the only penalty on it, but I, I, I do think that there maybe should have been some of it. I know it's a, a little knuckle draggy, but there, there should be, the, Steve isn't overly skilled, so you gotta do something, right? And you may as well hit stuff. So that's, I, I was a little bit surprised at that. Yes, Conrad. Uh, is Huberto getting better since the start of the season, in your opinion? I will say yes. I do think Huberto has been better since the start of the season. Now, that bar uh, from the Freak Show 777, is remarkably low. Um, I, I still don't think he has worked his way up to being good, 
but he he has certainly improved from what we saw at the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, that 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 has grown. Um, Conrad says that Julian says that there is no update from Huska to come tonight on Tanev. So, um, okay, well, hopefully it's all right. Um, I I would imagine we don't see him tomorrow against Vegas. Um, just you know. It, it, that would be quite a quick turnaround for a guy who missed this entire game and then came back the, the next one. I feel like that might be a, a bit quick, but that's just pure speculation on my behalf. Um, all right, I think we are going to uh, call it there. You guys, again, have been absolutely fantastic. If you haven't done it yet, throw us a like. Uh, and subscribe to the channel. Up next for the Calgary Flames is a matchup with the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, not 24 hours from now. The Flames will be in Sin City for that matchup. Audi has you covered with game over tomorrow, uh, so check that one out. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at Primetime Klein. Uh, follow SDPN everywhere you possibly can. Um, I will never stop talking about how great all of our hosts are for all these game over shows. You really do learn a lot about all the Canadian markets when you watch these streams on here or listen to the podcast. And when you subscribe to SDPN, you get game overs, you get the SDP, uh, you get the CJ show with a ton of great info on there. Um, we got an awesome F1 show. We got some great basketball stuff as well. Tons and tons of great content. So subscribe, give us a like, and um, as always, you guys have been an absolute blast to shoot the shit with, and uh, we'll do it again soon, hey? All right, talk to you guys later. Have a good night, everybody. Game!